going on everyone welcome to the latest episode of the tipping point podcast where black men freely speak their minds i'm caesar walker and i'm ronnie gatry aka the emotional one and guys we want you to follow us on all of our platforms gatry tell them where you can find us instagram and twitter at the tipping point that's t-h-a tipping point um you're listening on either spotify or soundcloud right now but um if you're not listening on the other check us out on the other (laughs) and we're also on google play we're on stitcher (laughs) let's be honest walker we're everywhere but apple right now from a a streaming standpoint gotcha Gotcha. (laughs) we love apple though (laughs) and they love us hopefully right (laughs) but anyway thanks for listening and uh be on the lookout for our website our state-of-the-art uh first class website that gatry has been laboring over the past few days uh, i'm just kidding guys but <laughs> no, it is coming you, soon i have been laboring <laughs> you've been laboring but isn't this not state of the art no, okay not, not even close that website will show you how to get to us on all platforms so in the future we'll be telling you where you can find us and we'll just send you to one direction which will send you everywhere so all right all right be on the lookout for that let's start the show get walker how are you? Man, I'm doing great. Now, you were out of town this past week, yes, right? Yes, I was in Vegas um, for a conference, as, as I think I mentioned. I think you may have mentioned towards the end of the last episode. Yeah, man, it was a good trip. Um, and also, as I mentioned, I, I had a chance to speak to an audience of about 300 people. Is so, that the largest like crowd you've ever like stood in front of and spoke or there presented? There was one opportunity. I had 301. Okay. I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, that is the largest. <laughs> All right. How um, did it go? It went well. It was energizing. It was um it was very inspiring and um man, it set me ablaze from a like I guess motivational standpoint. It's it's something about when they put that microphone in my hand. And it's just like, Oh, Ronnie, it is go time. So you it you just your adrenaline's running, you yeah. just you ran through the tunnel and just Yeah. Oh, but it it wasn't a nervous thing. It was just like, and, and I, I can credit you for this, but it was just me being me. Now, I had points I had to deliver on, of course, sure. but I delivered them authentic to who I am. Okay. And it seemed to be received well. I um, As I texted you, I sent, well, I think I think in like a five-second span, I sent you like 90 texts. That's how excited I was. It was very creepy um, <laughs> how you just, a barrage of text. Man- but it was nice, though. Thank uh, you. And Thank it, you. It, I say creepy because I normally don't get those from you. <laughs> I was like, and I'm at work. Right. So I'm just right. like, I don't know how to process that. And, and Walker, I, I did think, like, before I send him all these, I know he's at work. And I was like, man, what the heck? I'm sending him anyway. No. But um, what, what uh, transpired was uh, two other opportunities that uh, have been solidified since I sent you the text of me speaking at other Dope. groups later on this year. So Dope. Uh, apparently I did okay to at least two people. So what Gatru <laughs> is basically saying, because we're being cryptic here, is that he owes a lot of this to the podcast. Absolutely. And of course, because we have played a, a vital role in the podcast being what it is today, it's given you the confidence, yes. correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, be able to that. do what you're doing as well as create opportunities moving down the road for you. Correct. Correct. So that's dope. But um, no, we left Vegas in, in good hands and it didn't tear up too much. But, you know, yeah. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, bro. No and, and, you know, we normally start off, I think you've kind of done a good job of this, but I kind of like inject a little dad moment there because mm-hmm. that's close to my heart as well. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but I get back and um, my youngest son, Abraham, who I don't talk about nearly enough. Because he's not your favorite. Well, <laughs> 
Walker. What? You said that on the podcast. Is this this is this is top secret? This is a this <laughs> is, is news. Did you not know just say it? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You said it. I love just disclaimer, I love both of my sons. <laughs> 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 anyway, um it, it just it did something to me to see my, my youngest son just literally glued to me. Okay. To the point to where I couldn't even use the restroom. And he had to be right there. So it's like Dude, you realize that daddy was gone and you kind of missed me a little bit. And now that I'm back, you're showing that you can't communicate that at one. But the fact that you wouldn't even go to mommy, who you always go to, at least for a period of time. Right. It really warmed my heart. Like, hey, man, I, I am. I am making an impact here. So I, I think that goes without saying. But well, I, I get it. So, I get so, it. Yeah, I get it. You can't take it I for granted. It. You know. So anyway, I get it. All right. Well, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. I was gonna get there, uh, Walker. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm Go a changed man. Look you, at the rage, man. You are, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Walker. Enough about me. How have you been since I've been gone? <laughs> You're not clued to me by any means. <laughs> it is good to see you back. Thanks, guys. You made it back in one piece. Yes. You wasn't on a 737. Hey, Walker. Oh, I was on the 737. No way. But, but it, not, wasn't it wasn't Boeing. It wasn't Boeing. No, it was a Boeing, but it wasn't the 737-8 Max. Gotcha. Shout out to Southwest. Did you know that after the fact? No, or no, no. Before? Okay. You know, you shout out to Southwest, too, because you know how they in, interject a little humor into their, their normal yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's going, all the, she's going over all the safety features of the aircraft. <laughs> and so she starts out by saying, uh, everybody, do not freak out, but you are on a Boeing 737. But it is not an eight supermax or whatever they call it. The, every you could just feel like everybody like. <sighs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But anyway, yeah. Well, good. But back to you, Walker. I'm so sorry. Um, it was good. Just a, a good week at work. Productive. Um, productive. Yeah. Uh, got a raise. Got two raises actually. Yeah. So the wow. Ad- the affirmation there was just great. I know the company you work for intimately. <laughs> right. So to know that you not only got one but two raises is remarkable to me. And it just shows, you know, we need that affirmation. Yeah. You know, we need that affirmation. Hey, salute to you, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So needless to say, it was a great week for me. Gotcha. Enough about us. Right. Right? We have a special guest here. And Walker, I noticed that. You're looking at me like, who does Ronnie have in the studio with us today? I'm going to get to who that. Who is this? lovely black queen <laughs> that graced us with her presence who, who we may or may not have known already from a prior sound check before this recording it's irrelevant i'll keep with the dramatics harpo okay. <laughs> well walker i have a treat for you because when i come back from vegas i bring things with me okay all right not necessarily but because this young lady didn't i did she not clearly was not vegas. in vegas right yes just, show her cool. a lot more respect yeah. than that <laughs> It's coming. Say it's anything? It's coming. It's go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Walker. Um, what I who I brought to you this morning is a close friend of mine. Um, I've known her for several years. Uh, I think very highly of her. Okay. She j- just to give you something really weird. She prepared some sweet potato yams for me years ago. Yams that since then have been. The barom- I've served the barometer of any other yams I've consumed since then, right? Mm-hmm. They were amazing. So anyway, I bring to you Rashida Leroy. Um, Rashi- Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Rashida is from Dothan. 
represent. Yes. <laughs> Circle City. Um, grass. But uh, more, more importantly, uh, Rashida is an entrepreneur. Yes. With the uh, and she's going to get into this, but this is my this is my intro for her. She's got a very successful. I call it an event planning uh, firm, but it's it's more than that. Um, but what's I think what's best about Rashida that I appreciate and something that I could gather from her upon meeting her um, over a decade ago is she really she really has an, a deep appreciation for black women and black women excellence. Gotcha. So, um, which is why she's here the, uh, this morning or whatever. I don't know what time is it. Walker? It's definitely not morning. Okay, this afternoon. But anyway, close enough. I've said enough. I'm gonna pass the mic to Rashida. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. So you just want me to talk? Yeah, go for it. Well, so you because if you don't talk, I'll talk. <laughs> We've had a lot of talking. <laughs> right, right. So you just you just on the fly just make yams like that? No, I. That was the first time I had ever made yams, and they were uh, the thinnest yams, if I recall. They were very thin, and they were really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. And now that I know a little bit about cooking, you know, uh, yams and sweet potatoes, they make their own juice. But yeah. at the time, I had put a little water in it to try to help it along. Yeah. So anyway, they were the sweetest, thinnest yams that I think I had tasted, but apparently they went over very well. Based, based on Gatry's body language. It was over yeah. years ago. Yeah. 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 Walker, you gotta understand First that. and last time that I've cooked yams. I, I don't... Really? I, yes. I thought you went on to perfect the, no, the craft no, since no, then. No. I perfected the, perfected the craft of eating them, but not Fair cooking enough. them. Walker, I don't. I'm not a violent person. I, I, I choose to love first. No, I don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that about but you. you. There, about was a, there was a point where I, it was about to get down to it. I was about to fight a human being <laughs> for the last little bit, or was just it? for just for. I think it was my fourth helping. <laughs> I don't even remember what else we had that day. It doesn't matter, Rashida. <laughs> I think there was like Coke, <laughs> maybe some punch, the yeah, beverage, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> that party was lit. Y'all right. had Coke and yams? We had Coke and yams. Coca-Cola classic. <laughs> Goodness, just a sugar rush. But anyway, tell, right. tell, us, tell, us about what, tell us about your business and what you do exactly. Absolutely. So my business is called LRY Media Group. Okay. Um, we are a 360-degree event and production agency. And so we basically will plan experiences and we take them from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Hence the 360 degrees. So we're there from the very first conversation. Gotcha. um, Helping come up with the concept, the Mm -hmm. vision, and then we handle everything in between. So whether that is your catering, whether it's your marketing and PR, your sound, Mm -hmm. entertainment, um, pretty much any and everything that goes into making sure that your event from mm-hmm. the moment you say you want to do something great up until it's actually executed. And so we handle everything in between. Now, is your focus particularly with businesses or do you work with individual clients, mm-hmm. birthdays or, you know, anniversary? Just you know, corporate. No just birthdays. That's yeah, what I'm saying. No yeah. weddings. All right. No so, baby so, so don't send you nothing about a bar mitzvah. Nah, nah. Yeah. I, listen, I love those events mm-hmm. and I love the people who plan them. Right. Um, but there is a certain amount of patience that you have to have when you work <laughs> on events that are personal to people. Right. And so the weddings right. and the birthdays and the bar mitzvahs and the baby showers, they're just too personal. Gotcha. And so um, we what stick with What about the corporate. backyard barbecues? Yeah, even though. <laughs> even though. 
Friday Depending catfish. Depending on who's coming. Depending yeah. on who's coming. Yeah. Fish fries on, on Friday. <laughs> But yes, no. but we we primarily plan for the corporate and nonprofit community. Yeah. We also are starting to do our own events, so our signature oh. events. And okay. at the moment, they're going to be concerts. And so we have a couple of deals on the table where we're working to um, pull together a music festival. I won't say where yet. That announcement will happen shortly. Um, and then we're working with some other municipalities to bring entertainment to those areas. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Good okay. stuff. Yeah. Get? Oh no! I'm, I'm, so I'm I went just from here. making yams. I'm just, I'm just here to talk. <laughs> went from making yams to to events. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Um. That's so awesome. so I will ask the ask you. Consider yourself an entrepreneur, of course. Did you always know that's what you wanted to be, or did you just follow a passion and just backdoor it into entrepreneurship? Man, like that's a great question. I love this question. I always knew I was gonna be CEO of something. There you yeah. Go. There you now, go. What? I had, had no, no idea. Yeah. No clue. My family background, my grandfather um, was one of the first to start a black newspaper in Pensacola. Dope. My uncle started the first and only black magazine in Pensacola. And then my mom, when we moved back to Dothan, mm-hmm. we spent about four years in Pensacola, she started a black newspaper. So she was one of the first to start a black publication in the Dothan area. So I have been surrounded by entrepreneurs my entire life. You come from a family like of media. I come from a family where if there was a need, mm-hmm. we figured out a way to fill it. Dope. My grandmother, she started, you know, cleaning buildings and she would go and get her own contracts. Mm-hmm. At one point we had a car wash. Um, my grandfather, before he started the newspaper, if you're in Pensacola, there's a Popeye's like on the main, one of the main strips. And that used to be his building and it used to be called the Chicken Box. And so he, you know, had this restaurant, he owned a fish market. So I grew up hearing these stories about my family and the businesses that they started. Um, So that was just natural for me, right? Going to school was, I'll be honest, I did not know I was going to college. I didn't know what I was supposed to do after high school until I got a job at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And I knew that was not it. There you go. Did Did your family push college heavy on you? Not really. Given that they were entre- strong entrepreneurs Not like really, that? Not really, because yeah. none of them went to college. Right. So what they pushed was work ethic, right? And I got a chance Dope. to see that. Dope. Um, they didn't discredit college. It was just not a part of their experiences. But for me, when I got out of high school, I wasn't mature enough to say I'm going to start a business. Like, I had no clue what it sure. meant to start a business, even though I had been around it. Sure. Um, so I needed something to groom me. And so mm-hmm. I knew it was not McDonald's. Gotcha. And so that's how college became a reality for me. It was, okay, you'll either be here and you'll work fast food because those are your options Mm -hmm. or you will go somewhere and take some time to figure out what you want to do. And as a part of that, you'll get a degree and then, you know, you'll come out and you'll make all of this money. And then one day you'll start a business and then you'll blow up. You're going to be famous because I thought I was going to be famous. You're not? You're on your way. You're on your way. You're on your way. This podcast is going to put Let me update my contact information for you. (laughs) (laughs) You got a blue check in my contact. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, So I just knew that I was going to be in business for myself. What Mm -hmm. that was, I had no clue. So I got my degree in management information systems. 
the dreaded IT world. Um, after Which changing all three my of us major a couple of times, by <laughs> right. the way, I think I was always in the middle of the road child, as they say. Can I can I pause you? Yes. This, this is very disrespectful, so forgive me. It is, oh, gosh. But, go but, but um, I read this in the Times article uh-huh. that they did. I, I can't remember how recent that was. Uh, last but, summer, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So so we're in, I'm pausing you because you're talking about college, but something impactful happened to you in college that I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, you you kind of enter college a little shy, a little reserved, mm-hmm. but uh, something happened that I know the answer to. But I, I think it's important to note that. Or do you want me to just say what the answer was? Yeah, remind. Okay, me. so mm-hmm. you, <laughs> I love this. So you entered the black and gold pageant. Oh, I did. Yeah. And oh, the, well, the, actually, I started doing pageants in high school. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't really know how I. I don't know what made me do a pageant because mm-hmm. I never like. It was just nobody in my family had ever done them. And I got the opportunity when I got back to Dothan. So we lived in Pensacola for like four years and then moved back to Dothan when I was in eighth grade. And Pensacola was a little challenging. I would get in trouble a lot. Mm. You know, I don't know. My mouth just always popping off on something or somebody. I did. Yeah. Okay. My mom had threatened to send me to like the Christian school. She was like, you going to private school? No if you way. get suspended one more time. I'm like, oh, okay. It's a joke. <laughs> Bless you. But. Thank you. Yeah. So got to Dothan and got an opportunity to be in a pageant. And I didn't, okay. I, I, I wasn't a shy kid, but like I didn't get up and talk in front of people. It mm-hmm. was like my family and that was it. And so the very first pageant I did um, was the Miss Amity pageant. And of Mm -hmm. course, there's always a portion where you have to speak. And at that moment, it was over. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. But pageants are expensive. Really? (laughs) Between all of the dresses that you have to have and the costumes. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. You know, the practice time. And so it got to a point where my mom was like, listen, you can do this, but you're going to do it on your own. But I did pageants throughout high school. Mm -hmm. I did Miss Black and Gold when I got to Alabama. That was the pageant that the Alphas would do every year. Sure. And then I did Miss University of Alabama. Okay. And so I didn't place, which was the very last one. But and you that did pageant it. was a feeder into the Miss Alabama right. pageant. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so that's actually what got me out of my shell is when I was doing those pageants. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, Rashida, and I, I hate to cut your bio short because it is, it is important. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, if I could use this moment to segue into like our, our topic, yes. if you will, um, just because I, I think you're going to get there anyway. We did uh, we did a recording. Um, gosh, it was last we, we year. We had so many. Yes, yeah, so one sometime. last year where we touched on a lot of topics centered around Black feminism, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I remember Walker and I at the conclusion of that recording, we were like, we need to get because we. He and I can't speak intimately or mm-hmm. on an educated level of black, about black feminism. We need to get a woman of color here to educate us because we we made a lot of assumptions. We generate a lot, generate a lot of thoughts. So um, we, we kind of want to hear your thoughts on. We have some questions about that that we want to hear your thoughts on, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you, you consider yourself a black feminist. I do. Okay. You don't consider yourself a feminist. Or do you? Is there a difference? I think a feminist is a feminist, right? Like if if you are a feminist, you believe in women, right? You believe in a woman's right to choose. You believe in 
equality amongst mm-hmm. all sectors. Like you believe that women should have the same rights, right? Sure. Fundamentally as anybody else. So regardless of what it is on the spectrum. So I do consider myself to be a feminist. Um, but I think there is something slightly different about black feminism as it relates to just feminism, right? Gotcha. Because as black women, we have had to experience traumas that other women have not had to experience. And so when we start to think about black women in that sense, right? Mm -hmm. I just think that sometimes our issues go a little bit more beyond just equal pay. Gotcha. Or it goes beyond, you know, um, me too. Gotcha. Right? It goes beyond some of the issues on the surface that people consider to be just feminine issues. And at a high level, you don't think feminism as an umbrella for all women drills down and addresses those issues that black women deal with. I don't. Gotcha. I, I don't. I, I think I think on on levels, I think people as a whole who are feminists or support the feminist movement, I think they are compassionate towards mm-hmm. black women and the things that we've had to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they try to be understanding in some cases, but I think they just a lot of times don't have the background, don't have the experience, hadn't been a part of the culture to really understand things that we as black women go through at times. Gotcha. Gotcha. How critical do you feel is me and my wife was actually discussing this yesterday uh as a black man the first person i learned to bond with was a black woman uh the first woman i learned to love was a black woman my mom followed by my sister followed by grandma so on aunties cousins whatever married to a black woman so as a black man when when we begin to think about the presence of a black woman i me personally i could be biased but i feel that black women are some of the most influential if not the most influential beings on this planet just because of what we've seen them do just in mainstream when there's elections we see the the turnout for black women we see what they're able to do in areas of industry whatever they're able to do in areas where uh, we're talking about being influencers and, and things of that nature. I think that black women are very, their influence is strong. And I think as black men, that makes us one of some of the luckiest men on the planet because y'all love us. So that being said, how would you describe present day the dynamic between black men and black women in our wow. community? That is, like that's such a loaded. He's, he's the guy question, though. Right? Yeah, it really depends on who you ask. It depends on who you ask. It depends on yeah. who you ask. Yeah. So a couple of things you said in there. You know, black women, we we truly drive the culture, right? Not only no do doubt. we drive our culture, no but we drive everybody else's culture. Even if they're not willing to admit it. Even if they're not willing to admit it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. So I think I think it really just depends. I love black love. I am a fan of when black people unite, and especially in that family structure, considering the history of why our black families have turned out the way that they have, right? right. So from slavery, from us being torn apart. Jim Crow. Jim Crow. Um, this War on whole, drugs. Right. This, this 
this, the list goes on. You know, it like goes. even when we think back to the projects, right? And no how if they found the man in the household, then you could lose your no doubt your apartment, right? No doubt. No hey, doubt. I, I so then they I had, was educated on this whole thing like within the past two weeks. Like word. before that, I had no absolutely. That's, so that's crazy. so the black male was removed from our household. No doubt. Very very early on. Okay. So for me, that's why I say this. That question is so loaded, and mm-hmm. there like so many dynamics to it. But I think for me, um, when I think about the dynamics between black women and and, and black men. I really think it just depends on who you are, mm-hmm. how you grew up, those experiences that you had, who's influenced you, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm, I'm around black men all day, every day, who are married to black women or in relations with black women, mm-hmm. and they love black women. Mm-hmm. They do. I've also been around black men who don't date black women, mm-hmm. right? They date any other race but black women and then they have these reasons as to why and i say love who you love right Mm. but at the end of the day like there is nothing like black love right there's nothing like understanding you know where we come from even though we may come from two different parts of the world those experiences a lot of times will cross each other no doubt no doubt um and it's just something about that understanding that compassion i don't have to explain these things to you you already know how i feel i give you a certain look you already know what that look means no doubt you know what i'm saying but i I don't know that's just such a loaded question yeah okay can i I thought of something as you as you shared that um, in in terms of black love, okay, I'm I'm very vulnerable on this podcast. I put I put my heart on the table, week in and week out. A lot of the emotional one. Yes, yes, and I'm cool with that. Um, but I thought about something. I I'm married to a black woman, <laughs> um, and I'm not black. So I, that was that was for you, Walker. I'm black. You that's, are, that's the you, thing on our. You're blackish. You're blackish. <laughs> well. Um, one one of the things, and, and let me let me note that not only am I black, married to a black woman, I'm married to a black female entrepreneur, who which is is completely different from just a. <laughs> I love all black women, right. but but our attitudes, our motivation, our drive mm-hmm. just to compete in this ecosystem of entrepreneurship, like you take every aspect of that with you everywhere you go, it doesn't turn off. Gotcha. So she is not, you know, doctor at work and then and, and running this practice and then she comes home and she's somebody different. Well, no, she is the same no matter what she's doing mm. throughout. And seeing you've gotten directly to my question. Th- thank you for that. Um, that as a black male, you know, that as we grew together and as, as, as my wife got more and more successful, I dealt with some things, you know, it was the uh, out earning me, of course, and then it was the the status that my wife brought along with her profession, and I had, a, I had an issue with that, because I take it back to our infancy, when we got married, you know, I had a home, I was doing what, what I thought was okay, I knew the lines that my wife was going into, you know, in the medical field, but I wasn't prepared to deal with it as it happened, mm-hmm. in, your, in, your, in your mind, that mindset, considering you are in similar situation, what what do you what do you think the role is for a black male in dealing with that dynamic? Yeah, it it's interesting because um, I'm single. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been single for a while. You don't have to say that. Well, it's the truth. <laughs> Just being honest. Um, but what I find is, you know, so there are a couple things. 
when you and I said that when when you are an entrepreneur, you do have like a personality, right? Like uh-huh. you have a very strong personality uh-huh. because you're out navigating, especially for women. Okay, so being a woman having to navigate through a world that is mostly men, uh-huh. and then being a black woman having to navigate through this world that is mostly men. All right. So you have to You're have, fighting a war on both fronts, basically. You're fighting mm-hmm. a war on both fronts. Mm-hmm. So you have to have this this strong personality where you continue to push, right? You don't allow people to, you know, disrespect you or act like what you have to do or say doesn't matter, belittle you. I mean, there's so many things that we come across on a daily basis being mm-hmm. black women and then being entrepreneurs in a world that is designed for white men to succeed. Let's gotcha. just be honest. Gotcha. All right. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. So you have to develop this attitude. You have to develop this moxie about yourself that you carry with you. Well, that doesn't shut off. Mm-hmm. So even in relationships, I carry that with me. And so finding a black man who's comfortable with that, right? Comfortable with the fact that I probably will make more money than you unless you're, you know, in a field that, mm-hmm. you know, makes money or whatever. But I probably will make more money than you. I have relationships that range from celebrities to CEOs to, you know, political mm-hmm. figures that most people wouldn't get access to. Right. Mm-hmm. right? My life is just different. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I might be home tonight, but tomorrow I may be in D.C. doing some high profile event. Gotcha. You know, and I may be gone for two, three weeks at a time. Like you just never know. So mm-hmm. it is not like I'm a housewife. Like I'll never be that. Right. And so it's just figuring, like finding somebody who understand those dynamics and can they deal with it. Mm-hmm. And what I find for me, when I do click with somebody, it typically is somebody who is in a field, may not be my same field, mm-hmm. but that field has the same type of energy gotcha. that I have. Gotcha. So then they understand you know, being on the go. They understand the need to cultivate relationships, right? Mm-hmm. They understand that when you walk into a space, every space is different. It may look the same, but every space is different. The players are different. The occasions are different. What I may say to one person, I may not say to another person. I mean, it's just like understanding those dynamics. And those are the things mm-hmm. that I think that I see personally when it comes to me and, you know, how I deal with black men. And especially if it's somebody who, you can just tell sometimes off the top when, when somebody's intimidated by what you do. No doubt. Sure. And no at doubt. that point, it's a no for me. Mm. So Tyrone, uh, who works on cars down the street, probably yeah, wouldn't get you. He probably wouldn't get you. Tyrone is solid. Though. It just depends. He, he's good though. at what he does. Like the- Tyrone loves his mama, and you know, yeah, but steady it, but income. If Tyrone owns the shop, right? Uh, yeah. You no, know? he don't own the shop, but uh, he 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 can really change out an alternator, though. Yeah. Well, you know, no. he might be good on the car, but that's about it. That's about it. That's, that's, that's enough. But but what you said, like you had to adjust to that. <laughs> <laughs> you you had to adjust to to Tabitha growing into what you knew she was going to be because you had sure. to have known that when she graduated med school and she opened her practice you had to have known that something great was going to happen as a result of that absolutely right? got a question do you find yourself having to Give yourself a pep talk about the wall you have up mm. when you meet when you meet when because oh, you, you have let's go because you have That's a lot to, you have a lot to protect and lose given Absolutely. that yeah so so I how do. how do you balance that oh man I do I I find myself saying Rashida you have to be open mm-hmm. Rashida you have to listen yeah Rashida don't just 
you know, uh, don't don't shut down because he doesn't do this or he doesn't say that. Like I do, I have to literally tell myself to, you know, let your guard down slightly. You don't have to give up everything on the first conversation, but mm-hmm. be open to really listening and seeing if this is somebody that you're interested in getting to know. Um, but it is, it's, it's extremely hard when you want to like open up and you want to be honest and transparent, but you do, you have a lot on the line that could potentially be affected, you know, mm-hmm. if for some reason you link up with somebody who, you know, I don't know the word I want to say, but unequally, <laughs> unequally yoked, unequally yoked. There you go. Thank you, thank yeah. you, my friend. You're the best coach. When, when you link up with somebody who is unequally yoked, and I tell you this, we've heard that phrase so many times, and I don't know if we really understood it when we first started hearing it because we were young, right? Mm-hmm. And what was unequally it got, yoked? It got to us it got then? churched up for us. It, it really yeah, did get yeah. churched up. Unequally yoked was like y'all make the same amount of money, and then that's it, right? Right. Yeah. But, you love God. I love God. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 But that was it. Like there was like we didn't dive deeper into what unequally yoke really meant. No doubt. No doubt. And so I was I met a guy. I'll never name names. He was good conversation. I mm-hmm. found I was working hard on the conversation. And so when you when you hit forty, yeah, and those conversations are hard. You like, yeah, I can't do this. This conversation is too hard. Like I just want to talk like I'm from Dothan. Definitely, and had, I got to sit yeah. here and cold switch to try to make it seem like I'm intelligent when right. I really just want to, you know, let my whole accent out. You yeah, you lose patience with the struggle conversation. Yeah, it was a struggle older. conversation. It's a struggle. Yeah, and so no doubt. We were talking about the government shutdown and. I didn't reveal anything about my finances or where I was in my career or anything. And so he made the comment that like after two weeks, he was like, I'm done. Like if I don't get a check in two weeks, I'm done. And I was like, ooh, not that I was counting his bread, but I was really counting his decision making. Mm -hmm. And at the age we are and you can't go longer than two weeks, then now I have to start thinking about the decisions that you are making. Not no just decisions that you're making with your money, but just decisions that you are making because financially, you know, I'm thinking, well, we should be, we should he can't be see he, he can't see two weeks in front of him. Right, you can't see two weeks in front of you. So yeah. now I need to be thinking about all of the other things that are happening in your life, mm-hmm. you know, that could potentially affect me. And so no that's how I have to think about relationships and when I meet people. You know, you want to be open. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. But then at a certain age, you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me just, let me look at all of what I have going on. Let me look at what you got going on. Right, right. And will this mesh together or not? And you can you can find that out in one conversation. In one conversation. Whoa. That's impressive, that actually. Impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. It takes me a, a few. Now, it takes me a few. Now, let me, let me, let me backtrack. Mm-hmm. I may not be able to, like, tell you specifically in one conversation but i get a vibe gotcha that says, uh, yeah. This, yeah this is probably not it. that's that's accurate that's fair enough i think that's fair and yeah. the older you get and the more people you've dealt with it starts you can to become, pick up on that yeah, yeah you start yeah, yeah. your, your that, senses go valid. off a little bit more that's, faster that's very and, valid yeah so. let me walk you back to something so when you talk to brothers who decide to date outside of their race mm-hmm. um you mentioned that, you know, you love who you love. Do you feel that those brothers who tend to provide reasons for why they choose to date outside of their race, uh, that you feel like they're kind of explaining their love? 
or explaining their decision or their stance I on things? I think they are. I, I think they are. I think they're trying to make it okay with the people who don't approve mm. or the people who disagree. And for me, you don't have to explain why you love who you love. Mm-hmm. You just have to be genuine about the love that you have for that person, right? Mm-hmm. And be with that person because they do something for you. Not because you don't like a certain race of people, but because this person genuinely I'm attracted to. This person gets me. This person makes me better. Mm-hmm. I make this person better. Mm-hmm. You know, not, you know, I don't know. What are some of the, the excuses we hear as to why? Oh, white women like to cater to, to, to us yeah. in a way that black women want. Or, you know, right. the attitude of a black woman mm-hmm. or, you know, my hair or my skin or whatever. Like, don't make it about those things. I feel like that's disrespectful. It is very disrespectful. I feel like that when you start getting into things that you can't necessarily change, like your skin or whatever, I'm like, come on. Yeah. And so I think, you know, love who you love. I, and people will hear me say that all the time, but make it about them making you better. And not necessarily what another person doesn't have or can achieve for you, right? Because you probably can't achieve those things for me, Mm. right? But at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, there's still a certain level of respect that I have for Mm -hmm. like all of my brothers out there. Mm -hmm. Regardless of if you look at me and think I'm beautiful, you don't have to, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you look at me and think I'm the most beautiful thing in the world, like love who you love because they bring something to your life. Yeah. And not necessarily, you know, criticizing what somebody else does. Does does that same answer apply if you flip the tables, meaning black female choosing to to love white male? So, yeah. So, yes. That, that same logic applies. I do think, though, that there are, and I've talked to black women who either currently date white men or have dated white men. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there are a lot of single black women in this world. I thought mm-hmm. I was the only one until I started running across like other women. I'm like, you mm-hmm. single too? How long you been single? I mean, you know, we all live in this world where we think we're the only ones. Yeah, right. Um. But I think black women, a lot of times, we want to be in a relationship with a black man, um, Mm -hmm. but we find it sometimes difficult because they're not a whole lot available. Or at least it seems that way. I don't know. Y'all looking at me like. Did you bring your yellow flag with you, Walker? Yeah. Because I'm throwing a flag on that play. Throw the flag. Throw the flag. That's a 15 yard penalty. Now, of course, we have to think about all of these things that we say we want out of a man, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I don't want to say that they're just not any available, right? What I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, based on the things that I know that I want out of a man, I'm not finding that. And so I think sometimes what black women do is we open ourselves up and we say, okay, if I'm not finding you mm-hmm. know, these type of attributes in a black man, then let me open my world up a little bit and see what else might be out there. That is what I get. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Let Does me that make you. sense? Yeah. Can, can I? Yeah. I'm sorry, Walker. Your wheels are turning. <laughs> go ahead. Go, go ahead. And, and again, I'm, I'm being vulnerable. Um, but I think about my wife, mm-hmm. right? Um, when we met and started to get real serious, she started sharing with me like she w- she was in a boat to where she was she was almost giving up on hope 
of finding a black male counterpart. Mm-hmm. And then gracious, she challenged me. She challenged me to to kind of view it from her perspective. Now, she's in med school at the time, and there were no men of color <laughs> with her. Now, not only in her class, but in classes ahead of her and classes behind her. So you think about you're entering this environment day in and day out. Your crop starts <laughs> starts diluting, if you right. will. You know, so she she expressed to me just how close she was to considering what she likes to term stepping out of that box. Um, As a black male, it it ashamed me to hear that. Um, It empowered me not only to step my game up a lot more, but also as a black male and hearing you talk about the inventory, if you will, we have to do a better job of being suitable inventory. Absolutely. Right? I think that's the best way to say it. It's okay. suitable inventory. Now that's trademark, so do not use it. <laughs> I was gonna put it in the book. Go for it. I'm gonna let you have that one. Going in the book. So in my world, I'm around a lot of black men, uh-huh. but ninety percent of them are married. Uh-huh. Okay. So and so when I talk about what's available, I'm not saying there are no good black men out here. I'm no, truly no. speaking. And that's how about I heard it when you what said is it. Available. I didn't hear that. I okay. didn't hear that. So between the black men that are married, right? The black men who are in relationships, and to me that's the same thing as married. Yeah. Sure. And then you have this crop of black men that are just not ready for a relationship. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it depends on what stage you're in as a woman. So do I want to still be in this type of situation where I know it's open, you date, I date, when we come together, we do what we do? Or do I want to be in a committed relationship where it's just me and you? And so at this point where I am, and many of my friends and a lot of the women that I'm around, we all want to be in committed relationships. Right. Right? We all want to be married. Uh-huh. Well, now when we start to look across the landscape at that, and we look at what's coming our way. Your pool shrinks because you can't find a lot of guys who are on that level right, of and you want them to be on your level of commitment now mm-hmm. you know and i for me i i don't know i just say I, i'm almost 40 so there's no way that i would then you know jump into a relationship with somebody who i'm not equally yoked with or who i know this is really not it for the sake of saying that i want to be in a relationship yeah. with a black man yeah then you get into the whole point of settling, basically. Right. And then you now you're settling, right? Mm-hmm. There's no motivation to make this relationship work. And mm-hmm. so the first opportunity that you get to be out, guess what? Break lights. Right. It's a divorce. It's tricky. That, that It's tricky. I would say that, that it's tricky because one of the things that me and my wife do not at times agree on is that the reality of the matter is that women mature faster than men. No question. That is the honest to God truth. So at one point you have to consider, because I'm not encouraging settling, but you have to understand coming from one married guy, I believe you can attest to this, is that you are a different man on the other fence of marriage than you were going into marriage. Absolutely. I am completely different from how I was prior to marrying my wife. Being with her showed me every possible blind spot that there was that existed, right? Mm -hmm. So my thing is, is that you can think as a guy, you have yourself together. But when you get involved and and enter a committed relationship with a black woman, there is a, it forces you to mature in a way. 
it forces you to evolve and become a better version of yourself. And the wisdom that I think that if, if, if what I share with some of my single female friends is pray for the wisdom to know who truly has the potential to evolve and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where we are at this point, right? Mm-hmm. We are still getting men, black men, who still don't have the potential to mm-hmm. evolve. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, I'm 40. Right, right. And you still want to play this game or that game mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that then starts to say, okay. You know, I'm 40, I'm getting older, you got the women who want to have kids, right? Right. Um, And so that starts to change your outlook slightly on, am I going to marry a black man or am I going to marry a man? Mm -hmm. And then figure out, you know, in that process, can I love him? You know, does he bring to the table those things that I want from a personality perspective? Is he a true family man? Is he going to protect me? Is he mm-hmm. going to protect the family? Financially, are we going to be okay? You know, so all of those dynamics start to come into play. And then you start to ask yourself, okay, does it have to be a black man to do these things? Right? Gotcha. Hmm. If he if he comes, yes. But if he doesn't come, like, what do you do? You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm questioning myself all the time. I'm always falling back on black men. <laughs> I'm I've not, never dated a white man or I'm, any other race of man for that matter. But well, well, as as a black man, I'm not. I, I have there's someone I know who is married to a white man, and I ask I ask her all the time. Like, how, there's certain cultural moments that I check up on her, and I'll <laughs> be on, like, Walker. "Come on, how you doing?" <laughs> Right. Like I know you need. Like some I know, support. yeah, I know, yeah. Like I'm, I'm here yeah. for you if you need gotcha. to like release because I know <laughs> he don't get it. Right. You know what and I'm saying? He like will. he may, yeah. he may be understanding. He may be compassionate. Yeah. He may try to give her all the support that he no doubt that can't needs, can't do it. It's, it ain't there. It's just something it's that he there. will never no one's understand. Home. Right. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. It, and, that, and that's 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 the thing. Like it's it's. I'm not mad if you find, I'm not mad where you find love. And again, it's the same, the rules apply. I'm glad you answered his question that way. The rules apply even with with black women dating outside their race. It shouldn't be because, uh, it, it shouldn't be a reaction. Right. It you should be because re- you genuinely found somebody. No doubt. That you love. No and doubt. I do believe that, you know, people who are in interracial relationships, and I don't mean just black and white. I mm-hmm. mean, you got Asian, you got, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Latinos. I mean, you got all kinds of people, races of people who are intermixed with each other. Right. And I truly believe that they love each other. I truly no believe that they are soulmates. No doubt. You no know? doubt. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think I could do a podcast just about... Seriously, uh, I was thinking that. Like, <laughs> just about the whole woes of, of being a black woman who wants black love and now going into my 40s and this is where I am. Mm-hmm. And you never would have told me coming out of college that I would still be single with no kids at the age of... And I'm not quite 40. I'll be 40 in June. But at the age of 40 that this is what it would be right yeah right um birthday plug it, it might i get an invite because i know i know you're gonna do something like i am 
am gonna do something. Yeah, I was you, can, just you, you, you can't today. be over a media group that plans events and not do nothing. Right. For your I, I need just, to I pull it go, together. Like, I need to pull it together. I just want. You are. You are. I'll leave my take home if you only got room for one. Does she listen to this? Tab. Did that answer your question? Listen, Tab, we hadn't talked in a minute, but you, you can talk. My girl. You can talk all you want. She's yeah, she's Rashida, I'm going to be honest. She yes. doesn't listen on her own, but when we're on road trips, this is all no we choice. play. So. <laughs> That's your choice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rashida, because yes. we could spend a lot of time on Black Love. Y'all got to bring me back. We, and we, I, I was thinking we definitely will. But um, if I could, I want to shift over to the entrepreneurial side Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And... Um, Talk to me, because I, I I know I know before I rudely interrupted your bio, you talked about your roots mm-hmm. and what shaped your approach to, to being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. We know that, we appreciate that, we respect that. I want you to speak some life into what it's like being a black female entrepreneur. Like, what are the struggles that we don't know about? Oh man, um, yeah. So it is, you know, a couple things. I wake up in the morning. And no matter how I feel, I always have to put a face on. Mm-hmm. Because if not, I'm the angry black girl. Oh she has an attitude. Social structures. Um, yeah. You know, no matter how I feel that day, no matter what I want to do with my hair, like I always have to get up and make sure uh-huh. that I am my best mm. no matter what. And I don't get the benefit of the doubt. And it's not just me. It's all black women out here who are doing something great. We don't get the benefit of the doubt. We don't have bad days. So that's number one. And it's also the same with my my sisters who are in the corporate struggle as well because I come from that life. Right. Um, So there's this issue of respectability, right? What's respectable? And typically for black women, it always starts with our hair. So... You know, for me, so so those are the, the first two struggles of the morning for me before I walk out the house. What does my face look like and what does my hair look like? Hmm. All right. And mm. then from there, what does my attire looks what what does that look like? Right. All right. Because again, there's this issue of respectability and what the other side looks at and says what is acceptable and what's not. And so as a black woman, we're curvy. And so, no matter what we wear, Praise the Lord. it's going to always look different when somebody with a different body type wears it. Right? right. So, those are my first three struggles every morning. And I'm certain that all my other sisters have the same struggle. I'm pretty sure. All right. Now, for us, it is not a, like, when I think of a struggle, right? Like, we make it happen. But these are the things that we think about when we leave the house every morning, when we're going out to do business. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there is still... Um, issues of equality. So what a company would potentially pay me for my work versus a white company, I'm certain that the white company is either still getting more of the business, they're getting more looks, so to speak, right? And mm-hmm. I know their pay is slightly higher than mm-hmm. than what we would be paid. Now, I want to put that into context because I make my, you know, I establish my own rates. So nobody is telling me to come through the door and make it free, but there's always this struggle of positioning myself to get the business so that they can see the work that we do Mm. and it not going over to a white business who they automatically trust for whatever reason. So I'm always having to make, like I'm always having to fact check behind myself Mm. when it comes to my rates and the things that I put out there. Right. Um, 
so I think like these these are things that people when they see us they don't they don't know that like they see us walking in what they think is greatness and our glory but these are all the things that I'm struggling with on a day-to-day basis to try to make sure that I stay in the game knowledge mm-hmm. right typically you know they don't think we know anything mm-hmm. so having to come to the table and show that you're knowledgeable without being so overly aggressive Right. Because there are times where conversations are being had and you have to basically bust your way into the conversations. Mm. And when you look around at your counterparts, they don't have to do that at times. Right. right. They get a nod or a look to say what you think. Mm-hmm. And then with us, sometimes it's like, hey, with all due respect, let me, <sighs> you know, so yeah. I mean, like, those looking are at the you things. like, where, yeah. where's the coffee? Yeah, where, where's the coffee or, mm. you know, or or they think your perspective is one-sided and it only reflects the African-American experience uh. when it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. for us, an event is an event. I don't care what color you are. Yeah. I want to give you the experience that you say you want and I want to make it the greatest experience you've ever witnessed in your life. Mm. You know, so I mean, like, and these are things that I think about constantly from the time I go to bed to the time I wake up. Is how do you like start to change those type of opinions or mindsets or perceptions? How does Rashida decompress? Oh, oh she does Walker, not. good question, she man. Does that, not. That, that sounds like a lot. Man, she Where does are my sound not. effects? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Goodness. She doesn't. She doesn't. She has not learned the art of decompressing yet. She has not. She has been telling herself that self care is important. Mm-hmm. But she has not really started practicing self care. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, I think you we should. We all should. Yeah, we all should. Yeah. Um, fitness, fitness is is mine. Fitness is how I, I decompress at yeah. the, in, in the evening. I just started back, honestly, about three months ago. Okay. Back in the gym, um, and I've always worked out. Yes. And when I started the business, and this is any entrepreneur, I don't care what color you are, when you start a business and you put your heart and soul into it. I mean, your whole routine changes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you eat when you can eat. Right. Whatever you can get your hands on. I mean, and it's not like Easy you, to pick up bad yeah, habits. Yeah, it's easy to yeah. pick up those those bad habits. And so, I just got back in the gym, and I am noted, and I work out on my lunch break. I probably shouldn't say this because I tell clients it's a meeting. It is a meeting. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is a meeting. Meeting with yourself. a lot of yeah. times, they think, oh, you just going to the gym. Well, you can meet me for lunch. And I'm like, oh, no. I can't. Like, I, if I don't get it in, I'm not going to get it it's in. It's a valuable appointment that you cannot it miss. Is. No it is. No doubt. So anyway, no I have doubt. this appointment during lunch at the gym that I can't <laughs> miss. Um, so I work out on my lunch breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find, you know, some people say early in the morning. That doesn't work for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, on my lunch break is, is at that moment where the tensions are starting to rise. And I have lost focus because I am frazzled by something that's happening over here. So going to the gym at that hour mm-hmm. brings me back down. Mm, it gives yeah. me back even. It no gives doubt. me that calmness. Okay. Yeah. yeah, probably gives you your afternoon a boost as well. It does. It gives yeah. me that afternoon boost because I think I had started this habit of about two o'clock every day. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Like I need a nap right, right here. Right. Um. But yeah, that is so. So the gym is one thing that I picked back up. Um, I'm back in tune with what I put in my body. Um, so, uh, I do a lot of plant-based and I do fish. No yams. Not. Yams are plant-based. They are plant-based. I just hadn't cooked them. Um, but I will. I throw a meat sweet potato in the microwave. You heard what I said earlier. I'll fight over them yams. (laughs) So anyway, you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Noted. <laughs> so He's getting my diet back on track, that's been important. Um, and then wanting to travel more. Um, oh, I will, preach, I will Rashida. that I have this anxiety of flying, um, but I will fly. Okay. I just won't. You know how you have these friends that just jump up and like go to Fiji? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, how did you spend 20 hours on a plane? Right, like, right. I'm not there yet, but I'm I'm trying to work on that fear. Gotcha. Um, but I will fly. I don't okay. want anybody to think like I'm grounded. I fly. It's just I'm two and a half to four hours on a flight. I'm not. You fly domestic. The, yes. <laughs> not, you fly domestic. That's fair. I'm yeah. not conquer. You know the real international yet, but that's my goal. Maybe steps. This fly, year. Yeah. Fly over to Jamaica. Yeah, I've been to Jamaica. I've been out of the U.S. There you go. It's just, you know, I hadn't done the exotic places. You're not going to Tanzania is what you're telling me. Not yet. Okay, Not gotcha. yet. South Africa, yes. Okay. My my aunts are uh, planning a trip, and so um, that'll be my first one. Yeah. Okay. That, I got to go distance. to Africa. Yeah. Dude, Ghana is on my bucket list. Yeah? No doubt. Yeah. No question. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that that is the decompress mode for me. Do who is your village? Who is my village? In terms oh, of man. in terms of entrepreneurship, like who who sustains you the days you feel like walking off, walking away from it all? Like who reels you back in and 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 keeps you focused and Absolutely. grounded? Um, I have a couple of folks that make up my village. It's a lot of people who make up my village. Let me say that. Um, I know you I want to start to. with me, but you don't have to. Yes. I think we've implied that. Listen, if it were not for running back to. Yeah. I would not be here today. <laughs> Thank you. In particular on this podcast. Right. Oh, so yeah. But, in just- <laughs> <laughs> but my mom, um, I think she leads the village, mm-hmm. especially, you know, coming from this entrepreneurial world. And so if it's anybody who talks to me off the ledge, it, it, it's mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, man, <laughs> she she's she's number one. Um, I have some mentors. Um I, I rarely name names, um, but John Hudson, mm-hmm. um, he was uh, was at Alabama Power. He's now at Southern Company Gas, but he was the VP that hired me mm. and knew that I was an entrepreneur when he hired me. And mm. so he said, I'm going to give you this opportunity and, you know, in five years, let's, let's evaluate it and see where you are. And if you want to go back out, you know, I'll, I'll help you. And so it wasn't quite five years, but it was almost seven when I came to him and said, I want to go back out. And he literally, I mean, was my number one champion, um, gave me all the support in the world, mm-hmm. helped open doors. And wow. to this day, you know, he's always, let's talk about your business. What are you doing? You know, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And just really helping to coach me along Dope. the way. Um, so when I think about my village, like I said, it's a lot of people that I can name. But my mom talks me off the ledge, and John helps me think through strategies and where Dope. the business needs to be and how Dope. to get there and to take the emotion out of it. Because <laughs> if you are an emotional entrepreneur, you will not be in business long. That's number one. <laughs> okay. I'll thank you for you, Walker. Because you make decisions <laughs> based off of emotions. Right. And then my girlfriends. I have four girlfriends um, who, you know, no matter what, they're like, we got you. Just let us know what you need. Now, I don't hire them to do events because, you know, your girlfriends, they show you up. You keep that separate. Yeah, yeah they I mean, don't know the amount of work that it takes. I respect that. Yeah. You got to keep that separate. Um, but but they are always in my corner. It's just like, no matter what I need, when I need a word. Mm-hmm. They, and it's interesting. They all have a different <clears throat> word, but it touches the same spot. Yeah. 
you know. So I think that's that's my that's where it starts for me. But it's it's a whole host of people who even a phone call one day about something else, and the girl said, "Listen, I've been watching you for ten years now, and to see where you were and where you are today, she was like, I'm so proud of you. And if nobody has told you that, I'm telling you." Nice. She's a part of my village nice. now for that nice. word, you know. Nice. So nice. We and thank you for answering that. By the way, um, here at the tipping point, we're strong advocates for Black Girl Magic. Yeah, I mean, we really are. It 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 seems like at least in, once an episode, if not every point. other. <laughs> I love the way that sounded, <laughs> and I've always wanted to say that. Uh, <laughs> Have I told you you trashed me? <laughs> We're an hour in, and you just now told me that. So I, I think I'm getting better. Either that, or I'm trash, <laughs> which is possible too. <laughs> uh, considering that there there's a young black woman listening right now, what advice would you give her as she prepares to, you know, shape herself as an entrepreneur? Oh man, if if I had to tell her anything, um, ah. Uh, so many things that go through my mind. If I if I had to tell her anything, I, I would probably say multiple things. One, believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people who tell you what you can't do because they are afraid to do those mm-hmm. things. Come on. And so they'll put their fears on you yeah. and you'll start to believe that you can't and that you're not worthy. Right. And so that is the first rule. <sighs> believe in yourself. Whatever decisions you make, good or bad. You make them and you stand on them. Mm-hmm. Um, establish a work ethic. I think a lot of times I run across a lot of great little black girls that great. I love them. Mm-hmm. But after about an hour, they're ready to like collapse. And I'm like, all you've done was send out emails. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't you understand. Mean th- you mean there's more? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you did not even move from this one spot today. Right. Um, so believe in yourself <laughs> and establish a work ethic because dreams come true, right? Mm-hmm. But there's work behind dreams. Yeah, Absolutely. Nobody wants to Absolutely. talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about the Absolutely. work behind the vision. We, I get visions all day, every day. Mm-hmm. But there is a certain amount of work that goes into the ones that actually come true. Come on now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want every black girl, I want you to have a dream a day. And I want you to understand you will not accomplish every dream that you have. Mm-hmm. But the ones that you put that work into, those are the ones that are going to come true. Rashida, when are you Can coming? I drop the mic? When are you coming can I, back? Can I? You, can you record with us next weekend? Yes. Goodness I don't gracious. know if I can next weekend, but I can come back. <laughs> I don't we'll know. love to have here you goes, back. Here goes the blue check. See, I told you. <laughs> Rashida, uh, I'll you have, have any, my people call you your any, people. No, no, no. I was I was gonna wrap up, but if you got something, tell mm-hmm. uh, tell us tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh man, okay. So you can find me on IG. I am T H E underscore R E A L underscore L E R O Y. The real no the underscore real underscore Leroy. <laughs> I hate that they made me do that with my name because I really wanted it to be the real Leroy. Dude, I just, I've I been following you and that. I never even put that together. Yeah, I, I, I got, I got where you were trying to go with yeah. that. Yeah, that and then like, it wouldn't let me not do the underscore. Someone already took it. You think? I guess so. Yeah. I don't know, but that's my IG as now, well as my Facebook. Business inquiries only, or are you accepting, uh, you accepting DMs from potentials? That's. 
Wow, Walker. We're, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, we trying to we trying to help we trying to help you get a potential before See, 40. See, my fear is that I will be catfished. And so, like, I'm, I'm, you, I gotta talk to you. I gotta see you. I respect like, that. No, I don't do these. So, social... just business inquiries only. Yeah, business for, inquiries for, forgive, only. Forgive and if you want to know more about LRY, no, we gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta plug when we can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I appreciate you looking at We'll steam, we esteem our black queens and let them know that, hey, there, there's some out here, you know? <laughs> I, I do appreciate you looking out for the heart. Yeah. I love it. Um, if you want to know more about the business, um, our IG and Facebook is LRY Media Group. Okay. And then you can look us up online at LRYmediagroup.com. Dope. 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 You got anything else? Man, that's... I, I, I mean, I do, but for the, out of respect of time, I, I just feel like... There's so much more we can talk about, but Absolutely. we're, we're going to get you back classic yes. weekend this year because oh. I know you're not busy at all. <laughs> so you text me. I have another Ronnie in my it's phone, good. by the it's way, uh. and it is classic weekend. We ran about six events during classic. So he texts me and he's like, ask, he's like, can I ask you a question? And I thought he was the other Ronnie and I'm mad at this other Ronnie because I so hit him up about some sponsorship and he didn't respond. So when I get this text, I'm like, you ain't respond to like all my other sponsorships. And what I like, I had asked you for like you, five thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, thinking she, that I was talking blood, to the other like, person. <laughs> he was like, "That's a lot of money." Hey, like, hun. What you mean? You know, y'all got it. <laughs> Not realizing this is the Ronnie that I was texting. Still got it, but Ronnie. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then he's like, "Well, I was gonna ask you a question about feminism, but I'll wait to after classic." I was like, "Okay," but at that point, I'm still thinking. You still thinking this Ronnie? Ronnie. I'm like, "Yeah, I ain't trying to talk to him anyway." <laughs> yeah. So sorry, friend. It's all good. <laughs> It's all good. There you go. Well, listen, we put blackish by that Ronnie in yeah, your phone. For real. Yes. All right. I got it covered. Rashida, listen, I'm for real. We really appreciate you Thank stopping you by. Thank you so much. We've had I'm some. I'm so glad y'all had And the had listeners, me. And this is my ever... very first podcast. Dope. And yes. Nice. You you came off as a seasoned professional. Oh, good. Okay. Thank um, you. the listeners may not ever get to hear the other stuff, but we've had so much good yes. conversation off air. Sure. And I don't know. You you've you've done a lot for me, and I can speak for Walker too. Just sure. just by being here today, and we really appreciate Good. that. Thank so, you. And we're gonna pub you on our social as well. Yes. So we we that's what we do, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, cool. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, we will be right back with our lightning round as well as our shout outs and player of the week. everyone this is Caesar Walker again just want to thank y'all for taking time out to listen to the podcast please we're going to take this moment to tell you to follow us on our social media platforms follow us first on IG at the tipping point that's T-H-A tipping point as well as Twitter at the tipping point that's T-H-A tipping point and again guys thanks for listening we're about to bring you back with the rest of the podcast So, you want to get into a lightning round? Uh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. The first one we had, this is going to be a short one because yeah. I don't think you and I are, are going to see see this. It's, it's uh, Jordan Peele's Us movie. Right. Just released this past weekend. No chance I see it. Why is that? Why, uh, how come I, you're not going to see it? I don't do horror movies. Okay. Do I tell. Haven't, I haven't even. I, I'm just not into them. It, <laughs> I mean... When I do happen to watch one, do I sleep with a nightlight on? Of course I do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've never been crazy about them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
Really? Like you, you, you are tripping. Like after seeing a horror movie, yeah, you, I can get some of those images in my head and kind of weave them into my life. And I, and I think from a directorial standpoint, from a person that produces those types mm-hmm. of films, that's what you want, right? Sure. Um, especially if the horror movie is done well. Um, I just don't care to have those. I hear this one is done well. Yeah, I mean, well, th- I mean, he showed us like he can do his thing, you know. So, um, but even I think about and staying with Jordan Peele. <clears throat> I think about Get Out. The only reason I haven't seen it is because I was told it was produced with kind of a horror type of vibe. But it may not be different than the horrors that I live daily as being a black male. <laughs> um, that's different. That one is actually, yeah, it was kind of prefaced as a horror film, but it's actually more of a suspense. Okay. Because, you know, there's a fine line there. Right. Uh, from talking to people that have seen us, this one is, it's horror. I, I checked the I checked the trailer after you and I spoke yesterday. Uh-huh. It is definitely horror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> us is horror. Like I think Get Out had that vibe to it, but no, it's actually it's more suspense than horror. Well, why aren't you gonna see it? Um, I don't do horror movies. Okay, I'm, I'm with you there. Here, here we agree on this one. Okay. Um, I've to me, get I've never understood paying someone money to terrorize me mentally like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i just I, it's, it's to like me, me that's you, not you don't pay me anything <laughs> right right <laughs> no but seriously like I, I i don't for me that's not my flavor of okay. entertainment but to each his own right, right right to each his own but i just know me my if i was to see it i would have to see it by myself because my wife definitely doesn't play that because i'm gone way too too much for her and she doesn't like being by herself, you know, which is, I appreciate that in her, but right. I don't want her hearing sounds in the house, tripping. She, you know what I'm saying? I, I want her to be good, but I know just me, I've never have been cool with that. Can- Candyman messed me up at a young age. And I wanted to see Candyman, but I'm glad I didn't. I was way too young. Yeah. When I saw that. <laughs> too, too soon? Too, Oof, too early? That, you wasn't ready? I, I can't tell you how many showers <laughs> and teeth brushes I missed, so I wouldn't have to go encounter the mirror. <laughs> you brushed in the hallway? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Or just not brush at all. I was living foul. <laughs> living dirty, huh? Jeez, yeah. No, but no, for me, I struggled with it. I will admit, Gat, I'm struggled with wanting to see us because I like these types of films that give you like the double meaning of things. And I, I loved Get Out because of all the symbolism in it and the in the messaging behind the movie. And Jordan Peele, he he literally like he just flourishes in this space when okay. he's creating these types of films, which is ironic because we were introduced as Jordan Peele through like comedy, right. right? So to see him step out in this in this space and do this and it be a message behind it, like yeah. it intrigues me. But I just know that ain't good for me for my spirit. And sure. so and, and I think there's cool. a lot that could be said about that. And thinking about one of the points Rashida made is you know don't don't let anybody tell you. What you really, what you can't do, right? Because you know it's so easy to put Jordan Peele in that comedy box, right? You know, so shout out to him though. I just, <laughs> I'm just not gonna go see it. <laughs> now, I, if, he, if he does, if he does like a rocom or a sports movie, I'm all over. <laughs> I wanna, um, I think you should see Get Out though. Really? I think you should see Get Out. Okay. It's, it's not. I don't think it's horror. Okay. And coming from honestly, coming from me, because I have a sensitive filter. Coming for me, if I say it's not horror, I don't, it's not horror. Gotcha. Okay. It's not horror. It's okay. more suspense than anything. Okay, I can do suspense. Um, 
Let's talk about your favorite, one of your favorite rappers, uh, Kodak Black. <laughs> um, did you read up on Kodak this past week? I did. All um, right. So uh, let's let's talk about it, Gad. <laughs> what do you feel about old Kodak? Which, which one you want to tackle? Because he was in it for a few reasons. I, he was. But, Walker, you know I can read between the lines on a lot of this. And I, and I don't want to just sum it up with my theory. Um, let's just give us the cliff notes. Okay, well, and like I asked you on the on the phone last night during or yesterday during our production call, um, when is his album dropping? Because this is this is all this this has become a commonality in rap, unfortunately. Okay, you know you've got to generate a buzz on your own, and you can't just say album album dropping May twenty first, or I don't know if it drops May twenty first or whatever, but mm-hmm. you've got to generate some level of suspense around your project. Now. Um, I feel like Kodak has gone the way of saying six nine. No, he's not snitched on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you like that Walker? <laughs> See, you, you, just, you just went for the you just went for the just the low blow. Get him out of here. Uh, but am I right? No, I'm not me. I don't. That's not what I meant when I said six nine. <laughs> but it's just it's just what can I say that's ridiculous. What can I say that's just going to get people talking? Right. And you can, I mean, you can thank the soldier boys of the world for that. Sure. Um, sure. But unfortunately, that's where we are now. I, if, if I have to step away from that and kind of um, search for some thin level of understanding, I will say that in rap, you have to have more confidence in your abilities than anyone else. So it's, it's delivered. It's a comment. part of the game. It's, it's a part of the it's game. deliver the common trend of saying, you know, put me in the ranks with Biggie and Tupac. Okay, so let's let, let's give us let's give a timeline real quick. Okay. I'll give the quick timeline. So earlier in the week, because because I believe Kodak Black, from what I've been told, because I don't follow him um, on IG Live, that's how he generally communicates, and you know, with he's his big. He's big on IG Live. Okay, yeah. so during IG Live, he was telling a story about how uh, Sticky Fingers of of Onyx, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Got up on his tour bus and he was just talking about how he just don't. Kodak Black is talking about like he just don't like dudes raised in this, you know, who came up in the seventies and eight. He don't like old dudes, right? <laughs> so he doesn't like you and I, right. clearly, right? So he ended up swinging on Sticky Fingers, allegedly. I think Sti- allegedly, and Sticky Fingers had like a gun in his bag or something, and Kodak Black went for it to find out of it wasn't a real gun, and then Sticky Fingers ran off the bus, right? Now, now. I think he's trolling. <laughs> and think? the reason why I think he's trolling, my main reason is because I don't know about you, but to me, Sticky Fingers like of Onyx, he represented like that crazy street dude that you just didn't want to get crossed up with. Right? Sure, sure. Right? So that would hurt my heart if there's any types of truth to that, which I don't think so. Okay. So I'm just going to write that off as being him trolling. Gotcha. Troll number two <laughs> is when in a rap song, he was talking about sleeping or getting with young and may. Don't think you heard about that one. No. Okay. That went on this week as well. Right. So he was talking about wanting to get at young, young I'm and scratching may. my head here, Walker. So of course people take that, and of course they're adding Young M A. They're they're showing, and Young M A is as confused as you are right now. Okay, all right. She, she's, she's like, she, what is this? She prefers a different direction. She's in a she's on a whole nother space with with that. Right? right. She ain't she ain't trying to hear that. Okay. And so of course he doubles down and is like, hey, I don't understand why IG Live. I don't understand why she don't want to. You know, 
she don't want you know this. I right. mean, she. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get with her. She has a JJ. What's the problem, right? Troll. Just yeah. trolling. Just yeah. trolling. Just trolling. Right. Uh. So anyway, that leads to the discuss the conversation of him saying he wants to be remembered with in the same spaces. He want to be remembered like Biggie, Pac, and Nas. You know, dudes born in the 70s and 80s that you don't like, right? <laughs> well played. Walk. You know what I mean? Just, just, just to name a few, right? right? So I'm just like, okay, these it, to me, it just was like, okay, these guys are trolling. But I, I can respect that energy, right? Because hip-hop is all about bravado, right? Yeah. I'm the flyest. I'm this. I'm the king of this. I'm, I'm dripping. You know what I mean? I, it's, it's what it's about. Right. You know what I mean? I'm the greatest ever, whatever, the even if I'm not. girl dreams of me. <laughs> Even if I'm not, <laughs> right, right? right? So so I understand that. And it remains to be seen if Kodak Black like has a long career where he's putting out like hits. There's no way. I There's no way? I, have you consumed any of his material? I have not. Well, but, but I'm not an authority on the, on the new age hip hop. Well, and I'm not an authority either, but I consume more of it than I really should. And, and you, there's just no appeal to me are with there, Kodak Black. But he, he's, his fan base is... Unbelievable. Well, everyone, yeah, everyone's going to have a base that's going to be believing in him. Sure. You know what I mean? So, I, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I, you don't see it. I'm not even listening, so I don't have an opinion for real. Right. But I wanted to ask you this before we get into the next topic. Because this made me wonder, what hip-hop artist that you knew would blow up did not? When you think back on people who you listen to coming up and was like, you know what, that person, I see it. I see the talent in them, and I think they're going to be all right. Only to find out that they did not. From a music standpoint. Hip-hop. We're talking hip-hop. I'm talking hip-hop. But you're talking about hip-hop music, not hip-hop culture. Hip-hop music. Okay. The first name that comes to mind is Joe Button. Okay. So okay, because <laughs> definitely he did. He's he's in he's all the way in hip hop culture. Yeah, that, that's why I wanted to specify before I gave music. you that. We're yeah. talking music. Okay. That's a great. That's a great. I have two. Okay, um, Memphis Bleak. I thought Memphis Bleak was going to be big just because he had the Jay Z cosign. Okay, Jay Z cosign him, and I thought he was talented. I really did. Mm. You didn't think he could rap? Not really. You did not think Memphis Bleak could rap. I mean, rap. he was. Come on, bro. The dude could rap. He just didn't make hits. He didn't have hit records. You can't really name a hit record of his, but he has some dope songs. <laughs> if you didn't see it for him, that's fine. But my second one was Cassidy. Ah, uh, yeah. My second one was Cassidy. Cass because, again. And they tried Swiss, to make Cass blow. Swiss, <laughs> Swiss Beats cosign. Right. Right? And the dude had he he had a hit song. Yeah, he had actually two. What was the second one? Hustler. The first one was was it Hotel? Oh yeah, with Kells. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was a commercial success. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So he had two. Right. Hustler was really big though. True. I th- I thought that was number one uh, for the second there. I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it in order. Okay. Right. I'm yeah. doing it in order. All right. You can argue that was the bigger record. I personally think it was too, but I knew Hustler came out after Hotel. Right. Okay. And then listen to him rap. I was like, this dude can rap. Yeah. Like, this dude is talented. Yes, he can spit, though. So, I, so for him to not be bigger or end up being, like, a big part in, like, hip-hop music, like, right. musically, surprised me. But Cassidy was more of a battle rapper. And, when, and just during his 
prime, I guess. We, we just weren't positioned. People argue to, that Meek was a battle rapper coming up. Uh, Meek Mill? Meek Mill. Yeah, yeah, and he was. But again, like, like I was saying, we weren't positioned at that time that they were really pushing Cassidy to appreciate battle rap like we do now. Okay. Okay. So that's just my my opinion. No, but I, I like I, Button. I, I think I think Button lyrically mm-hmm. was superior. It's just they were trying to make him. They were trying to infuse him a little bit with rap and dilute a lot of that, those hip hop qualities. I think I think Button just never knew where he fit in. True. If that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, Def Jam gets him, and they're like, "Okay, Joe Button, here's your box." Yeah. We're gonna put you in here, and it just yeah. did not work. He just never, they never, yeah, he never just knew. I'm not, and when I say he, I mean people who were working with him, right? Knew where he fit, knew where to put him. I think of, sorry, I'm, I'm probably spending more time on this than I should, but I think about tracks like Short Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like Budden, this, this came out way after the pump, uh, pump it up, mm-hmm. you know. But I felt like that track gave Budden the opportunity to be who he who he wants to be, which is a dope lyricist. I feel like Slaughterhouse gives him a similar opportunity. Gotcha. Again, it was just timing of it all. He wouldn't have been received as well back when the pump it up was being pumped up. <laughs> so anyway, okay. Well, anyway, uh, let's 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 move on. Uh, let's talk about Shaq, Shaq and Papa Shaquille John's. O'Neal. Um, Diesel, man of many nicknames, yeah. but uh, it was announced was Friday that he had joined uh, Papa John's as a board member and an investor. Um, I think he had he announced it through uh, through a tweet actually. And basically, he's going to be the spokesperson for the the new brand, and will personally invest in nine Papa John's location in the locations in the Atlanta area. Uh, basically, they said they needed a new face for the brand, and which I agree they did. And the uh, yeah, I think that. What do you think? I mean, you think it's a good move? Yeah, I. I, I really feel like this is um, Papa John's just trying to rebrand. Re- yeah, rebrand after all the controversy they had with their, um, I guess, former CEO, Form, founder, found former. Well, he still he always former been a founder. CEO, former. I think he was a he was on the board. Yeah, yeah. So he's still don't let's not get it twisted. I think he's still collecting checks. He's got to be. He's still doing well. He's just no longer the face of that brand. He's right. off the board. And I it think was those... a board decision to to reposition him. Sure, they're not impacting his wallet by any means, but it's That's... just like you're you're out here on the face of these commercials. We're going to change that. <laughs> you see that? You see the end of the bench there? Yeah, sit, sit over there. You're, you're still, you're on, still the on the team. team. You're still yeah. going to pop bottles with us after we win the championship. Yeah, but um, Jack, just... come in. Yeah, we need you to come in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a good look though, because it, it means that Papa John's cares, or they're at least. Giving the impression that they care. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. I I think it's damage control more so than anything. I think it remains to be seen how much they care. What I mean by that is, does Papa John's are they trying to stop the hemorrhaging? Basically, are they trying to stop the bleeding? Because you have to ask yourself the question: If the founder never makes those statements, does Shaq join their board? Good point. 
You know and, what I mean? And I mean, conventional wisdom says no. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I get it. I'm not. I'm not saying you're not being. It's almost like you have to earn the trust back of people who are truly put off by the past six months for your brand. Are you doing things to show that hey, not only are not only do we because at this point Shaq is going to look like a token anyway, right? But but if anybody can, it's him. Shaq has no controversy. I mean, it, it's, he has no controversy. No, right? He's he's really not controversial. Yeah, and he'll, he'll and he'll remix this thing. I mean, no, I mean, I I, th- I think people feel safe with Shaq. Right. Like Shaq is just a safe pick but, for this. But you know what? What I want to. What I want to challenge our listeners and you to think about as you try to shape this thought in your head, when we think Shaq, board of directors, my thought immediately went to, oh, well, they're going to start doing a whole bunch of commercials with Shaq in them to, to generate appeal. But well, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't think that's the case. I think I think Shaq is serving a more important role to help Papa John's down the line. Well, Shaq also is a franchise franchiser. Basically, okay. like he has a few franchises and restaurants and all across the country. Okay, so he th- this is kind of up his alley. So of course he has insight and wisdom and direction that he can things that he can bring to the table on sure. that board. Okay, so absolutely, but don't get it twisted. I think you're going to see Shaq in a Papa John's commercial somewhere down the road, uh, even I, if it's not immediately. Uh, I, He'll be in one, but I don't. I don't want people to think this is just for Hollywood, though. I, I think I think Shaq is going to be given a lot of vision to steer this thing in the right direction. I agree with that. I think two, two things could be true, but he don't act like he's not going to be. If he's on TV with the general, uh, he's going to be. Sell, he's going to be on the TV with you. With, are with, terrible. With, what? <laughs> and I see how the list goes on. Go yeah. to the general and say sometimes. Shaq, you know what I mean? Yeah, Shaq is getting to the bag though. Yeah. So so good luck. I hope it works for Papa John. For me, for one, I'm gonna tell you, I wasn't as put off by Papa John's because I really wasn't a big Papa John's person anyway. Okay. I don't know if you were. No, I not really, right? I mean, Domino's is my my personal favorite whatever if I have is. to go delivery. Yeah, whatever it and is. More on that later, by the way. And that was a subtle plug. I see. You you like plugging <laughs> these businesses that don't even know we exist. It's provocative. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but no, uh, good luck to him. I hope it works. Yeah, I'm, it will. I'm not. It will. I'm not. Again, I wasn't one of those people who was screaming death to Papa John's because I wasn't patronizing them. So right. I really didn't have that much of a vested interest. So hope right. it works out. Uh, anyway, you ready to get? Did you have anything else to add? Yeah. Um, I wanted. And Shaq's a good segue. Uh, I wanted to just well, touch basketball? on March Madness. Yeah, like. Uh, I, what, what exactly about March Madness? I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're in the. It's the March Madness season. It's great. You know, it's we've already seen upsets. You know, great. Yeah. Has okay. there been any major? Has there been any major bracket busting that's, that's upsets? A, I don't think it really has. Well, Walker, been. this this you talk about us being like in line with our thoughts a lot. This is scary because that's exactly where I was wanting to go. Okay. You think about last year where um, Virginia. We, yeah, we had a number one seed upset. So once you once you live through that, no other upset's going to trump that because for decades we've been waiting on that and it finally happened. So when a twelve upsets a five, it's like yeah. Right, right, right. So I don't think it's taken away from the appeal of March Madness, but because people watch for upsets. 
Sure. So, um, but I don't know. Are, are you excited about it? I mean, shout, shout out to Auburn for, for getting to the Sweet 16. But beyond that, what, where's your excitement level, Walker? Um, It's been there. I've been watching. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and act like I haven't been keeping yeah. up with it. I think most people are keeping up with Zion Williamson of, course. of Duke. Um, as well as, as R.J. Barrett, I yeah. think, is the other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching uh, Jay Morant yeah. for Murray State, who, bless his heart, like, had to carry that team. Like, he literally – like, during the regular season, it, it just looks so much more amazing because they're actually winning games. Right. right. But in a tournament – they just they just ran to a buzzsaw. Like yeah. they played a complete team in, in FSU and Morant he got his. Yeah, he put yeah. on the show, he, but he that put, was it. He put twenty eight up. That there. was it. Yeah. That was basically it. And, and he got a triple double the first round, which doesn't happen often in the tournament. So but he's going to be something special. Yeah, I think yeah. he's going. He, to do. he goes number two. Uh, he's top five. Top five. So yeah. you think he may be like a three or four or something? He, like he's that. an emotional two right now, but. Um, you know how things change the closer know, you get to the a draft. Lot of, a lot of people have been hyping him as a, as a number two. I know, two. but things change as these players start to work out. I'm you not. Know, you, I'm you, not from. He is skinny. I will yeah, say that he is very eat, skinny. Um, so he he could very well end up being top five, as you said. Yeah, he's he's, he a, could he's a top five. Down, he could sl- slide down a pick or two, but you just never know with these franchises and what they're looking for. True. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Let's want to get into our shout outs. Why not? So, um, you go first, actually. You want me to go first. I, I got to pull up one more thing about my shout-out that I was meaning to do last night, and I didn't. So, so my shout-out, uh, you know, I'm, shot, I'm shouting out the, the kind of like the underdog. These are people that you don't March really... March Madness. I'm seeing what you're doing here, Walker. I was not trying to do that, <laughs> but yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Um, my shout out goes to Dr. Lakeisha Hallman, who is the founder of the Village Market ATL, um, of course, located in Atlanta. And basically, the Village Market solves the problem of a lack of resources as it pertains to businesses that black people are like to patronize. So basically, it's it provides uh, not only. I guess you could say a list of businesses that people in the community can patronize, but it also um, provides a space for like a training and workshops, mentorship for those businesses to thrive and excel. Um, I think that is really dope. Um, and it's kind of one of the things that we low-key joked about months ago when we was like, we need a woke app by mm. which we can provide like a list of business for, for us to I think we was like, it's the opposite. We was like, who are we boycotting? It keeps a track of that. Yeah, yeah. But this is a list that provides not only people with list of businesses that are available, but it creates workshops and stuff for those businesses to kind of sharpen their skills, hone their skills, to be efficient oh. and accurately and effectively serve the community. So she's she's mentioned here. The reason how I discovered here her is because back in February of last month, Forbes did a piece on four black women entrepreneurs share the business of buying black. So not only is her business, you know, this she's a businesswoman, entrepreneur, but she's also giving back to her community twofold by 
informing people on what black businesses and services are available in their community as well as helping those businesses effectively serve their community so oh, wow. i wanted to shout her out for that um she's black girl magic black woman magic all of the above and then some dr lakeisha Hallman. gotcha well walker we we are um at least in this light we are cut from the same cloth um i'm shouting out another female doctor of color uh i've got Tiffany, or excuse me, let me let me rewind that. I've got Alabama's own Tiffany Alexander. Okay. Have, you, have you heard of this woman before, Walker? Um, I have not. Well, there's a red carpet on the floor. Sit on it. It's story time. Um, <laughs> nothing there. Red carpet? Yeah. Ele- elementary school? No, red, you don't. Okay. Red carpet. Gotcha. I, I see. Yeah. Circle let's time. Go. Read. Read your story. Yeah, I mean, we did, but we didn't do it on a red carpet. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I didn't get the connection. But go ahead. <laughs> Tiffany Alexander, um, she I guess she's socially known as co-founder of Pediatrics PM, which okay. which is an urgent care uh, facility here in Birmingham, specializing specializing on the needs of children. Okay. Um, but what's interesting to note here, Walker, is that she's only twenty seven. Nope. That that's I I I mean that's incredible, right? I agree. So. Um, what what I really love about her story, outside of the fact that she's so young and has, has accomplished so much at such a young age, is she uh, she was given a passion for what she was doing at a young age when her mother died of cancer, and so that kind of fueled her spirit to be more of an advocate, more of a uh, impactful, intentional advocate for uh, different healthcare issues in the black community. So um, anyway, to to in 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 Rashida in Rashida Leroy's light, for her to step out at such a young age, Walker, mm-hmm. makes it hard for me not to salute her. Gotcha. So, uh, Doctor Alexander, we at the tipping point. We salute you. Okay. So you want to get on to the play of the week? <laughs> I, sh- I sh- now you're ready for this. You <laughs> I seem- should be more excited about my shout outs. <laughs> This one, it shows this, how this ratchet one, This I one am. must be good. I, I, Walker, I love this one. Now, you want me to go no, first? I Please. <laughs> Goodness. Walker, you know how earlier we talked about Shaq, Papa John's, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I had a little plug for Domino's. Okay. All right. Before I get into my, my, uh, my player of the week, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Um, let's say I know you're not a burger guy anymore. Okay. Okay. Let's say let's get back in, get back in that spirit of being a burger connoisseur like you and I used to be. Um, you love pickles on your burgers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just walk with me here. Okay. You go to your favorite burger joint wherever that is, and you get your burger, and they don't have the pickles on it. What do you do, Walker? Hey, you miss. You didn't get my pickles. Because you're a civilized gentleman, right? Sure. Let me introduce you to um, a woman by the name of Holly Webb. Okay. Holly Webb of uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, this is, this is going to bring Domino's back in. She got hungry one night, didn't have a lot of time, and said, you know what? Um, I'm going to order Domino's, carry out, pick it up on the way home, go home and eat, right? Millions of Americans do this every day, right? So no, nothing really harmful yet, right? Stay tuned, Walker. So um, she orders a pizza and some boneless chicken wings from Domino's, right? Okay. So, you know, just like me, when you're hungry, like, it's on your brain. It's like, oh, you can smell it. You can almost taste it, right? Mm-hmm. 
She gets to Domino's to get her carryout order, only to be notified that um, they forgot to prepare her wings. Okay. I mean, just honest mistake, right? I mean, think about it, Walker. I've never had wings from Domino's. She was told there. so As, so, as she's paying for her, her, yeah. her meal. Um, it's an honest mistake. Like, hey, you know, we forgot your wings. It's Domino's. It's not like they're, you know, cooking these chick- chicken wings from scratch, right? Yeah. You just got to throw them in the oven, <laughs> you know? So this outrages Holly to the point to where Holly brandishes a gun. <laughs> it demands... That they get her chicken wings. <laughs> now, what's interesting to note about the, how I read this article was, you well, okay? She w- <laughs> okay. The demand was that because I think they were already in the process of trying to get her chicken. Wings, yeah, yeah. But it, she she brandished a gun as to say, "Get them to me now." Hot now. Gotcha. All right. You you've had you've had time to in her defense. You've had time to prepare these wings. Because where are they at? Right. Run and then at. I mean, you prepare my pizza. Where are my wings? So, um, Holly, <laughs> Holly's a 59-year-old woman, so she's she's seen a lot. She's been through a lot. And, uh, Walker, I've been hungry before, mm-hmm. right? I don't think I've been so hungry to the point to where I'm going to threaten someone's life with a firearm. I really want to know how good these wings are uh, for me to risk my freedom like that. <laughs> I you can use your imagination. I'm a wing guy, so use your imagination on how good the Domino's wings could possibly be. Gun brandishing good? No. Okay. No. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Holly, of course, was uh, was arrested and apprehended and had to do a little bit of time for this act. And um, Holly, you didn't know this, Walker, but Holly listens to our podcast pretty often. Hey, Holly. Yeah. So, Holly, the lesson to you from me is don't play yourself by doing stuff like this. Let humans be humans. I mean, really, they forgot your wings, but it's not like they said you could not have them at all. It's not like they said they ran out of them. Right. Be a decent human being and let and let these people do what they got to do. Who knows? They probably would have gave you the wings for free. But you know what you got, Holly? You got handcuffs. You don't have freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you're my player of the week, Holly. Chill, chill out. Goodness. So I like, uh, you know. <laughs> so again, I think this is this is the most in sync we've been in a while in terms of being on the same page. Sure. So we've been uplifting black women and pointing <laughs> out white women as player of the week. Right. Uh. My uh, player of the week goes out to Cassie Barker. Have you heard of Cassie Barker? I haven't. Like Holly, she listens to the podcast ah, or used to listen to the podcast. Thanks, Cassie. Yeah. Every listen counts. Everyone. <laughs> right? Regardless of your character, thank you. We'll take the listen. <laughs> Cassie Barker took a plea deal uh, with Harrison County, Mississippi. She is being charged with second degree murder of her three year old child. Do you want to know what she did? I don't want to, but you're going to tell me anyway, aren't you? Thanks for asking, Gat. I'm glad you asked. (sighs) Cassie left her child in the car for hours where she was found unconscious. Okay? Okay. Not okay, but I hear You, you. You understand me, right? This is where you ask me another follow-up question. 
why would she do something like that? Glad you ask again. <laughs> yeah, you're asking great questions. Thank you. Very inquisitive you are. <laughs> Cassie Barker left her three-year-old child um, approximately four hours, it's stated, in the car so that she could go have sex with her oh. supervisor at the time. She was, at the time, a member of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Police Department. So, she left her three-year-old in the car for hours to go transact the deal. Very well put, by the way. Okay. So, needless to say, uh, the supervisor got their end of the agreement, but Cassie didn't. Mm -hmm. Really, you can say the supervisor didn't because they both got fired. (laughs) The only reason that the supervisor isn't charging this as well is because the supervisor had no idea what what Cassie had done. Leaving to absolutely, absolutely. Lord. So not only did you lose your three-year-old daughter, but you probably lose your freedom for a time being. I don't know for how long or what, but she took a plea deal, so it's prob she's probably not gonna be in jail for too terribly long. She should which be in jail. Sad. Which is sad, but you know how these things go in the justice system. Cassie Barker is my player of the week. You agree with that? Did she um, play herself? She she definitely played herself. Okay. All right. Well, that's all wow. I got, man. That's all okay. I got. Well, Anyways, uh, if you have nothing else, man, we just want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. Uh, We definitely want you to continue to check us out on our multiple streaming platforms as well as social media for the latest and greatest content. And we want you guys to have a great week. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week.